Recording this week in another new venue. Welcome to Hand of Pod. time in a house this week, uh, not a flat or an office. Uh, Santiago has, has invited us around to his place, um, very kindly. Thank you for having us, Santiago. You're welcome. Um, he, he is here with me. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. Um, and, uh, and so is English Dan. I am, yes. Welcome. Welcome back, gents. Uh, we're recording late this week because we weren't able to get something sorted on Tuesday, and then we thought a bit daft to record on Wednesday when Newell's versus Bocker was on. Yeah, what um, a classic that was. And, and it was such a thriller. It, re- it really uh, justified our decision. I think it was kind of like, it was gripping to watch in the same way really like was. a car crash. <laughs> car crashes. Yeah. Or open heart surgery, maybe. We might as well start with it, um, since it is the main talking point. Yeah. Of the day. I saw uh, six so. hours of Boca News this week, so <laughs> we might as well talk about that. <laughs> yeah, two hours were good. Yeah, the, rest, the other four were pretty. Yeah, pretty last, last week we recorded before the yeah, first right. leg, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. So, yeah, so let's talk about the whole fixture. Uh, the, the first leg um, in La Bombonera last, last Thursday, a week ago tonight, yeah. um, was, was crap. Yeah. Really? Newell's were. Newell's put in one of their worst performances of the year and Bocca put in one of their best performances of the year, That's basically. So I think it was Nacho Scocco said that after the game. Um, Bocca deserved more. They deserved, they, I think yeah. they deserved to win. At least they, for one. They probably deserved to win, although at the same time they were obviously pleased not to consider the away goal more than yeah. anything. I think that's mm-hmm. definitely what they were setting out for at first. And then when they yeah. realised that Newell's were playing like idiots, they, they stepped it up a tiny bit but didn't get enough going. Um, the midweek game between Newell's old boys' first team and Bocca Juniors. Not quite choice, first though. Maybe. There were a couple of reserves. Yeah, mi- mixed, mixed side and Bocca Plus, Juniors. Bocca had like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, they uh, ended 4-0 to Newell's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolute pace. Bocca win just atrocious. Absolutely mm-hmm. atrocious. There, yeah. there was, there was a bit of talk. I saw one guy joking uh, during the game when, when Newell's were on their way to scoring the fourth saying that uh, Bocca have overdone it a little bit because the only thing they needed to do to complicate River in the title race was just that first half penalty mm-hmm. and then have to go, have Magashan sent off just before half time um, and that was it because they weren't going to win after that but they went a little bit too far and ended up just embarrassing themselves yeah. as well um, but I, I think the match was um, it was a rush you, you, you had the three goals uh, the second, third and fourth goal they came in about four minutes of each other or something like that yeah that was when Bocca just gave up mm-hmm. yeah yeah and um, Bianchi has a history of just conceding games when he doesn't care about the league anymore. Uh, there's a very important and historic match where uh, they won the Libertadores, and um, they didn't go. He didn't even want to take the main team, the first team, to Rosario to play against Central. So all the guys stayed in Buenos Aires to party, and he sent off. All the young, you know, just the reserves and young uh, players who hadn't even uh, started in a game, and it was seven-two for uh, Rosario. Yeah, that was the one that was um, 
Mm-hmm. Until the, the, the mm-hmm. six one uh, earlier this year against San Martin was, was Boca's biggest. They both come under under Bianchi. Interesting, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. So that's Bianchi just conceding a Rosario game yeah. and saying, well, "I don't was, care about this." There was talk he was suspended for the league game, wasn't he himself? And there was talk about how he might not even bother going to Rosario mm-hmm. himself. Yeah. <laughs> and he also put a couple players who, which had their first match mm-hmm. in Boca. Which is it's an awful way to to debut, you know. No, I mean. And above everything, you know, hindsight's um, a wonderful, wonderful tool we have. But it does seem to me like the attitude was a little bit perverse from Boca. I mean, they had the chance, you know, to just get into to put. I'm not saying put every single first team out, team out, but put like maybe half of them defenders yeah. and stuff. They have a large squad so they get, too. Like, so they just get a feel of Rosario of the yeah. of the stadium. So it's not mm. going to be intimidating the next time they come in, because even though like they weren't. Uh, full strength teams out the stadium was as electric and crazy as ever as if Newell's had beaten the Boca first team so why not yeah just give them a taste of that so they're not going to be overwhelmed by it so they get a feel for the pitch seems like he had a golden opportunity to just get his players in the mindset for it and he just threw it away seems weird absolutely yeah and plus of course if they'd managed a more positive result in the league that might have messed with Newell's heads ahead of the second exactly yeah they take Um, a draw or you know and they start thinking oh maybe Boca aren't so bad you know if yeah, it didn't make any sense. So. Indeed, um, that uh, was embarrassing all round for Boca, yeah. really. And then more surprise was to come when very definitely the first teams had both met last night, Wednesday, um, in the Copa Libertadores second leg. Historic game. Um, this is going to be talked about for ages. If, yeah. if scores were counted uh, on corners rather than goals, <laughs> it would have been a thrashing. Boca didn't even manage a corner until about 55 minutes in. Yeah, but um, if it wasn't shots and goal, oh yeah, yeah. throughout the 180 minutes, Newell's didn't even manage to get one. I think there was one at the end of the second match. Yeah. Just the one. It was a good save by Orion. shots at goal? Yeah. It was a good save from... By Orion from Tonsa, I think. But it mm-hmm. took a bit of a deflection. Yeah, and yeah. He kind of reacted yeah. and palmed yeah. it away. And you also had, um, you know, Mateo almost scored oh, from yeah, that 35 metres out. But, yeah. I mean, he had like seven options yeah. of yeah. players who were in front of the line of the ball. And he just decided to shoot from 35 metres. <laughs> and um, he tweeted when he did that. He makes entirely yeah. the wrong yeah. choice to, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. to, yeah. to shoot. But it was inches away from being just a yeah. ridiculous goal. Although I, I, don't think, think, um, I don't think we should be that surprised, really. I mean, we've all seen Martino as Paraguay coach and what he did like. And, you know, we've loved watching him in the league. They play beautiful football, possession football. Like, you know, they take this kind of protagonism, as I say here, like more than any other team. But at the end of the day, Martino, when he comes into knockout games, he's, he's a safety first coach. I wouldn't say they were exactly safety first. I mean, they were certainly trying to dominate. It was, to well, me, they, they were... Yeah, they had the ball a lot, but exactly. they didn't exactly push they were, and push and push. Like, they were, to break they were the trying to attack and they just couldn't. Yeah. But Boca very obviously set out the stall to, to not concede. Yeah. And after Clemente's stupid, and, stupid oh, yes. sending off. And, and the more and the more the match went on, um, it became apparent, you know, by the end of the first half that Newell's approach that their method of attacking just wasn't working. Yeah. And they didn't change it. They Never. just carried on Never. with exactly the same. I mean it's exactly great to watch when it's working, yeah, yeah. but when it isn't you think, well if you just draw back a little bit and maybe you can open up a bit more space by trying yeah, to really try and dribble example. and try and get a full of, uh, a foul near the uh, near the box so you can try there wasn't one single foul near the box or no. single they it couldn't even try anything else yeah, exactly but the the upshot of it after after all of that was that there was then uh, an almost equally incompetent penalty shootout um, hmm. 
went on the part at times on the part of the shooters and at times on the part of the the goalkeepers, um, which ended ten nine to mm-hmm. Newells yeah. after twenty six penalties have been taken, mm-hmm. um, with of course uh, uh, due to Clemente sending off that there was uh, Gabriel Haynes said didn't take a penalty for Newells. That was strange yeah, too. Why Haynes? Why a guy that's played a World Cup? Yeah. I thought it was that. It's out of the penalty, sure. And and, and you have like the the keeper from Newell's who's he took well, the goal, goal, he the goalkeepers have yeah. to take them. Uh, oh, if, if someone's oh, been sent off, then the goalkeeper yeah, still okay. has to take a penalty. That's that's a regulation. Uh, I don't know whether it's a competition regulation or whether mm-hmm. it's a, a football all over the world rule, but it certainly yeah. uh, helped last night. But um, I think Boca were superior throughout the whole yeah. the two matches until. Clemente got sent off. In fact, before Clemente gets sent off, it was insane because it was the best you had, yeah, yeah, you had a great shot by Riquelme who was inches away from scoring yeah. uh, from a blandy header. Yeah. Chiqui Perez had a um, mm-hmm. had a header um, cleared off the line by yeah. Casco, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then Blandy like <clears throat> missed an absolute sit. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Well, another yes. great cross mm-hmm. from yeah, yeah. Riquelme. And um, then Riquelme got his penalty. Uh, his first penalty. Like, um, his first penalty. Yeah. So he just, I think he just screwed it wide, didn't he? I can't remember. No, he no, no, it straight down the middle. Of course, it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. And Guzman said that he had watched videos of um, Riquelme yeah. taking penalties. He said, like, last week I knew that I was going to stand in the middle, for stand in the middle for Riquelme's penalty. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He had a bit of a, a little bit piece of paper on him that said yeah. where each Boca player was going to shoot. Yeah, which has been made a big mm-hmm. thing of as it always yeah, is yeah, yeah. When, mm-hmm. when that happens and it's just preparation why the mm-hmm. people get so heads up about it. But anyway, um, do we have anything more to add about this? Newell's are through to the semi-final. Yeah, I think play. overall you can say it's a deserved result, maybe yeah. because of the tie, but because of the two teams. Like, oh, it's always nice to see Boca lose a penalty shootout. For a yeah, game. finally. But well, when, yeah. when Clemente got sent off, it was obvious that Bianchi was going to go straight for the penalties. He just took his only uh, Yeah, that was a very strange move. Taken off the other striker. I think yeah. that he was going straight for the penalty. Then again, we should say that later La Mystica. He straight for La Mystica. Martinez, so it wasn't mm-hmm. quite like they played the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, but out. the most advanced player in Boga was Riquelme. Yeah. Which, which just is, yeah, he was just trying to, you know, close the curtain mm-hmm. and go for the tie. <laughs> and uh, I think it's quite funny because if Boga had won this penalty shootout, then. Boga would be in the semi finals, but now that they've lost it, it's a complete failure of the season for Boga. Oh. And Complete failure of the yeah. system. So now... And they got the Copa Argentina, but... Yeah, but come on. Yeah. So now most of the players in Boca are going to leave. Uh, I mean, the, is, there's going to be you know, a whole lot of new players playing now. But if they had won the shootout, then Boca would be in the semi-final, so it wouldn't be quite the same. So, yeah, it's funny how these things work. Um, I don't think that Clemente is going to play in, in Boca next season. No, after, yeah, after in, in fact, we're, we're looking at the TV, which we are on mute at the moment. There's a, a sports uh, news, or football mm-hmm. news, mm-hmm. news mm-hmm. chat show on, uh, and they're talking, funnily enough, about the Boca that is coming, mm-hmm. uh, what's going to happen over the winter. We'll obviously discuss that a bit closer to the time um, here on Hand Pub. We don't like to speculate, we like to go with fully informed <laughs> uh, opinions. Um, and <laughs> We not facts, opinions. Yes, <laughs> I like the uh, I like the distinction. Um, and in, uh, we should also mention, as a result of that, that at the time of recording, we don't know who Newell's are going to be playing in the semi-final because uh, the second leg of the Cholos Tijuana versus Atlético Mineiro uh, quarter-final has not yet taken place. It's kicking off in uh, two and a half hours ish. 
Um, so by the time you listen to this, you'll probably, if you're that interested, you'll know yourself yeah. they're playing, but we don't at this stage. My money's uh, on Mineiro, though, because... It's got to be Yeah, they've got yeah. the two away goals. Yeah. they got Ronaldinho, they got Bernard. Tijuana, yeah. Tijuana have been they're, very impressive, much surprises, more impressive yeah. at home than, than away, I think, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, from what I've seen of them in, in this Libertadores. Yeah. Um, the other semi-finals between Olympia and Independiente Santa Fe. Uh, so we've got... Well, basically, we're going to have four different nationalities from the semi-finalists, regardless of who wins tonight, which is fantastic. Uh, so many years of having the Copa dominated by, well, I guess dominated by Argentine sides during the 90s, especially, and then dominated by Brazilian sides for a lot of yeah. the, the current century so far. Uh, It'd be nice interesting to see how, how long has it been since something similar has happened in the Champions League. Hmm. With four different teams? Four different, four different nationalities? I, I bet it's not yeah. quite as long ago as we're all thinking, but it certainly mm-hmm. doesn't happen very frequently. Yeah. What was it last last year? Barcelona, uh, Chelsea, Bayern Munich, and and uh, hmm. if you can remember who the fourth <laughs> Champions League semi-finalists last season were, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I can't remember. Silence descends on the hands yeah. of the studio. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up while we move. I on. think it, it was two Spaniards and two Germans this year. That yeah. Yeah. that I can remember. <laughs> Um, we should now, of course, talk about the rest of the, the league weekend, I suppose. Yeah, it was a pretty uninspiring weekend, I think. It was. Um, the, the title race has narrowed ever so slightly because Lanús uh, received their first defeat of the year so far. No, the first league defeat. It's of the also league. tight in the relegation so race, we can say. Uh, it has done. Yes, it Very has. Uh, first of all, um, well, Lanús got beaten by San Martín, 3 1. Mm-hmm. San Martín have now won, I think, the last four home games in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, which given I mean they're still going to go down but given the form that they no, were if in they win, think, because if they win it next week and Independiente don't win they leave for a yeah. yeah but that's going to be in the relegation so the interesting thing sure. about San Martin's well, situation um, the interesting thing about San Martin is that they depend on themselves yes. to mm. get saved which true. doesn't happen for Independiente which no. is what's so tragic about Independiente Independiente can win all I think they can win all of the matches that have uh, that they have left but still get relegated if San Martin mm-hmm. win all their games they can yeah I would say regardless yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, That's what's so tragic about Independiente. They can they can pull off a very very strong last four matches and still get. It's, it's tragic. <laughs> you know, really, <laughs> yeah, really yeah. upset. You know. Dan, Dan's heart is bleeding. For yeah. Well, I was just saying. I don't know if it's the right answer, but I've got um, a friend of mine in in Racing. This is kind of sums up the attitude with a lot um, lot of fans at the moment. Of course, we'll probably talk about this a bit later because. D-Day is coming tomorrow with uh, Racing against Quilmes, this game where um, every, you know, everyone's talking about. And, yeah, and he's basically decided not to, uh, not to go to the stadium now for the rest of the season because he didn't go when Racing played Godoy Cruz at the weekend, which ended in a one-all draw. I think there's much more to say about it. And, and Independiente didn't win. So he's going <laughs> to keep up his... So he's, he's, not, he's not, not going to Racing Stadium because when he doesn't go to the Racing game, Racing win it. He's not going because when he doesn't when he go, doesn't go, go he's not yeah. winning when their own game win. on the same weekend. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is very that's just a ridiculous <laughs> very Argentinian Cavala. Cavala, I'm just looking at who Racing have got now for the rest of the the um, the Kilmes game tomorrow. It's the only oh no, they're playing Union on the last weekend, but of course Union are already down. You guys heard about the pamphlets which were being. Handed around the Racing You see those ones? Yeah. Uh, I didn't oh. actually go on Sunday because I was... I, I, oh, did, I did go and one of my guests got handed mm-hmm. one and I didn't get a look at it. Oh. Um, so tell us about them. I can't remember. I was... Um, I think it was... Racing, if you mm. win the next game, 
like se pudredo, mm -hmm. like everything's mm -hmm. fucked. Mm -hmm. So basically, and, and, yeah, and it was a little bullet. There was a, some bullet points about why they needed to yeah. lose the next game, that, saying yeah. that Independiente sent them to the B in '81, and then maybe if you write into the blah, search, blah, blah. <coughs> in Racing Kilmer, yeah. But what's, what's funny about that is that uh, I read a very nice theory in La Redon which said that this wasn't probably made by Racing fans. And there were a couple of points that they uh, pointed out. And the first one was that it said El Rojo nos mandó a la B. But Racing fans would yeah. never say El Rojo. They would say Indesingente or some other you know, yeah. derogatory nickname. Yeah, Los Amargos nos mandaron Amar a la B. Yeah, yeah. yeah but El Rojo is something that uh, an independiente fan would say, yeah. not an actual... Yeah, an independiente uh, fan, fan would never say La, la Academia. Of course not. No. Mm -hmm. They would say Racing, Racing Club or something like that. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not entirely sure about that. Uh, but the media has taken, you know, this is a big, big deal. And we've yeah, seen the pamphletos nice, yeah. all over the media this week. Uh, but I, I wanted to know someone who actually got them handed out because yeah, I can't say I did because um, mm -hmm. I was ill and watched the game in bed. As I say, mm -hmm. my, my my guests did, and if I'd realised what they were, I would have uh, explained them. But the guy, mm -hmm. he just took it and stuffed it in his pocket and uh. didn't say anything. Didn't ask about <laughs> it, so I didn't get to see it. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, I'll have to pay more attention myself next time I go down there. Um, but that was a one-one draw. It was a fairly dull game. Yeah, yeah. the only person who could score for Racing was a keeper, which mm -hmm. is good. Uh, it meant that neither of the sides managed to really do anything in terms of their campaign mm -hmm. to get into the Copa Sudamericana. But I know you're Racing are pretty much in, especially without result. Yeah. 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 It helps Racing more than got a group. Racing needs, I'm just going to check Promiedos now, but I think Racing needs one more point from the rest of the mm -hmm. season to, to qualify for the Sudamericana. And now Godoy Cruz are very far from the title race. Um, yeah. You know, they were in the same line as uh, San Lorenzo and Arsenal the week before, but now... Saladin and Arsenal have actually won their games, mm. so they're actually edging a little bit closer. Whereas, let's talk about the Cruz. San Lorenzo game because that was a cracker. Like that was a game that yeah. finally <laughs> sent down Union to the B. But it was. what a way to go! Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, what a way to go! I think we. Well, I think I, I said last week, and I think um, uh, it was you and Mariano last week, wasn't? It? No, it was you two. It was both of you. Yeah, <laughs> I think both of you agreed with me when I said it that I think Union were going to go down. All guns blazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's well, I've heard a lot of things in the press after this game. We should say we'll go into it a bit more, but it was uh, 4-2 to San Lorenzo. Yeah. They took the lead very early, then mm -hmm. Union, like, which was absolutely brilliant, fighting for the lives, even though they must have known it was you know, over. Came back and got it back to 2-2, and then two. San Lorenzo came back. But it's funny, because if they had won this game, they could have gone down next week against Colón. Yeah. Which... Which would have been yeah, yeah. which would have been insanely actually, you know, a game that's it's it's, it's uh, no that yeah. would be so that's why a lot of people standing behind closed doors. Do you know what time it's kicking off? No, eleven thirty in the morning. <laughs> Even though there are no fans there, so. it's behind closed doors. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that yeah, just yeah. because it could have been a relegation fund. Sa San, no, the, the governor of Santa Fe Province insisted it had to be played behind closed doors because of the potential safety risk. Because the last couple of Santa Fe derbies yeah. have been, really been yeah. sort of violent as well, um, and with the added. You know, either they were going to go down in that game or mm -hmm. they would have gone down and you can imagine what the Colón fans would have been like going into yeah. <laughs> Union Stadium knowing that they're side it, Oh, it was in Union Stadium against. I thought it was in Colón uh, I might be wrong in that Yeah, it could be but whichever mm -hmm. way around you can yeah. you know, the, 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 yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. the amount of piss taking that's going to go on yeah. But it's sore. quite fun how they actually tried to win the game meaning that they, they, they would have gone into the yeah. game oh, with the risk of actually losing their... their yeah. Well, you have to keep fighting, right? Yeah, get really get it against your worst enemies. I know a lot of people mm -hmm. come out this week and said, you know, praising mm -hmm. the Union fans because they applauded and... 
Yeah. You know, went booing mm-hmm. one, you know, there's no threats or anything. So, um, that's good. Um, yeah, I think, I can't remember who said it, but it's like, I just wish every team could go down like Union went down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who said it, but it's like pizza yeah. or something like that. After the 2 2, there was a very late goal by Alan Ruiz. Yep, well done. Big He's promise. Amazing goal, I think the best goal in the, in the weekend. Yeah. And then there was a quite funny one uh, with Franco Jara, Jara, Franco Jara, ex Benfica. Had scored mm-hmm. how many goals previously for San Lorenzo? Just the one. Oh, yeah. he's in the shit. Yeah. He just made so um, San Lorenzo paid a lot, a lot of money for Jara. So the San Lorenzo fans were not happy at Jara before he scored the goal. And he had a chance on goal when the match was 2 2. And he tried an outrageous kind of a tackle. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it went straight to the keeper. So everyone was insulting this guy. And then on the 49th minute, yeah. he pulls off a late goal, a 4-2 goal, completely irrelevant goal. And, and, he, sh- and he starts shushing the, yeah, yeah. the salary. To be clear, we should point out for our Anglophone listeners that Santi's doing a very Argentine thing there. When he says the 49th minute, he means of the second half. Uh, so the, the 94th um, yeah. that actually according to Ole it was the 92nd but I'm sure it was later than that because I was yeah it was a bit late and yeah as you say he raises his finger to his lips and yeah. says, oh, it looks like it's so. probably going to be his last game in San Lorenzo <laughs> it's his thing I'm sure I think yeah, he's I mean, even not no, I, saw him, fans, I, think. I saw an interview like it's kind of you know how in Ole and stuff they, they pull out these interviews with directors who prefer mm-hmm. not to be named he said like yeah we're gonna we're gonna tell him that you know to rescind his contract and just to send him back in. <laughs> it's just hard to play in a club where every single supporter is so much against you I mean yeah. I, I heard that in, in the stadium See, people were I screaming the goal and insulting Jara he was brilliant in Arsenal he was brilliant but people were actually going goal fuck you goal <laughs> something like that so yeah funny situation there <clears throat> um, other notable matches of the weekend Arsenal Tigre was good when was the last time that you had a match where there were three goals scored by a team's central defenders. Oh, you're right, yeah, because Lisandro Lopez got two for Arsenal. Yeah. Um, Tigre's first was from... Oh, Paraguayan... Of um, course, Federico Santander uh-huh. is certainly not a central defender, but finishes like he is a lot of the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's very true. Oh, yeah, right, and, and Bragieri scored Arsenal's third, yeah. so, yeah. yeah. Um, last week, we had a question about young promises who were going to Europe mm. at the end of the season, and we completely forgot to talk about Lisandro Lopez. He's 23. Although he's, he's a, really he's a player. I don't think we've forgotten mm-hmm. him because he's a player we've talked about a lot, a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, yeah but last week we, we didn't mention him and no. he's definitely... Yeah. Probably he's, because he plays for Arsenal, so for all sorts of suspicious reasons, as yeah. well, Santi, he's going to remain at Arsenal yeah. for his But no, for because um, Julito has promised Lisandro that he's going to sell him now at the end really, of yeah. this now season. Now he can be Julito is, mm-hmm. for the benefit of listeners who mm-hmm. might not know... The president of Arsenal, of course. And Grandon is younger... Uh, brother, son, brother, nephew. I get so. Uh, so Julito, no, he, he's his son. son. Yeah. His son. You got Umbertito and Julito. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Lisandro is just brilliant. Yeah. He's impressive in offense. He's a great defender too. He's not just one of those players who's very good in offense, but in defense, he's yeah. You know, he's a brilliant defender. Yeah, very good. good at goal as well. Mm-hmm. Just. Amazing all yeah, around. Yeah, he deserves, um, that's a, deserves a big move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a winning defense right there. And I think sure that had the chance to buy him when he was yeah. in Chacarita and they passed him. <laughs> as I'm sure we all remember, the, the possessor of the best bicycle <laughs> kick of any centre back yes. in the world, probably. It's called it's a ridiculous still about that. So that's <laughs> Yeah. Alessandro uh, Lopez and Buffarini, they passed up on. Idiots. Absolute morons. Oh, Buffarini, I don't think, is, is that big a loss, mm-hmm. considering some of the players you've got in your midfield, anyway. No, but you put him like. 
instead of Pichoud. <laughs> well, true, yeah, I guess. Um, so, yeah, Arsenal uh, won 3-2, and the relevance of that, I'm, I'm going to try and uh, bring up this, this. Sorry, Santi, it's very yeah, generous. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very slow. Really is rubbish, isn't it? Um, <laughs> in the league title race, uh, we've already mentioned Newell's uh, 4-0 win over uh, Boca, which kept them top. The reason it kept them top was that River, at the same... No, not at the same time, a couple of hours previously. Uh, of course, it wasn't the same time, because Newell's Boca mm-hmm. played at 9.30 at night, which is another point we've forgotten, and which we'll be getting on to later. Um... Uh, although we did mention it last week as well uh, but uh, River won 3-0 at home to Atletico Rafaela I missed the first half which was when all the goals came but apparently That's crazy because I was just about to say very, best, very well. best 45 I've minutes seen, seen of Giannis. River in the whole season uh, Leonel, watch any more Sam <laughs> yeah probably not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leonel, Leonel Vancioni uh, opened the scoring absolutely stunning two or three minutes in or something yeah. running through the midfield mm-hmm. and then smacking it from about 30 great goal amazing goal but very much at the same time as we were saying about uh, the one of the Newell's midfielders goals last night though the, the guy who just whistled it past the post and I said mm-hmm. entirely the wrong decision to shoot <laughs> yeah. he almost scored a goal last night the only wrong decision but it, it came out very well he was closer to the box than Matteo and yes yeah, of course next Newell's player um, who scored uh, scored a fair few before moving to Newell's yeah. during his first couple of seasons at Newell's then didn't score any for the next couple of seasons and then scored in his debut for River or, or in his like second match or something and then has now done this he's, he's so what we can conclude basically uh, is that Newell's players are selfish bastards yes <laughs> entirely there we go um, <laughs> Lanus, <laughs> Lanus picked themselves up yes. from those uh, no they didn't they? they lost as we say these, these results now mean that the top three have changed for this endeavour so slightly River have leapfrogged Lanus so it's Newell's 32 River 29 Lanus 28 San Lorenzo uh, and Arsenal having won as we just mentioned uh, around 26 so they're still six behind Newell's I don't yeah, think it's four matches left it. so it's a bit hard but yeah. one of them could I think the main big question is and Godoy Cruz yeah. obviously dropped, uh, yeah, dropped some ground on those very two hard like the grassing mm-hmm. as much. I think yeah. the big question now is I think we can all agree as as three that if Newell's put out their best team for every single league game they, they win it comfortably except but, that the Libertadores is going to tire even their best team yeah. exactly mm-hmm. so do you think that that could be crucial like well, is the three point cushion enough to, um, to offset that kind of what, what I was thinking was that we could now very quickly list each of the sides the top two basically because I, I don't think that Anus are going to be able to, to no. come no, no. this no, no. they've drawn far too many um, they could have won the league a month ago <laughs> yeah, yeah. Winning, but they didn't um, so the top two River and, and Newell's uh, this weekend are both away and funnily enough both to rivals uh, River away to Argentinos uh, on Sunday night at 9.30 hot match very interesting I'm match that's I'm the 9.30 game sweet, right? yeah. mm-hmm. um, it, that is the 9.30 game on Sunday yep. and Newell's away to All Boys um, on Monday evening uh, 2015 on a Monday which isn't great either and then we've got River at home to Independiente uh, whilst Newell's are at home to another insanely important match we yes. were at home to Independiente we were going for the title Massive, Independiente yeah. going for the relegation and, and Newell's will be at home to, uh, to Union that same weekend then we have River visiting Lanús uh, which is by far River's most difficult um, match left in my opinion and Newell's away to Rafaela and then on the last weekend it is uh, Newell's at home to Argentinos Juniors and River at home to San Martín de San Juan I'd so rather have that could go either yeah. way. I'd know? rather have Newell's run into. You'd rather have Newell's yeah. run into. Yeah, yeah definitely. Okay. definitely, definitely, definitely. Okay. You say they're playing relegation. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're right. But you, they're playing all, relegation candidates. All, all, all boys have got nothing really to play for, and Union are already down. And those yeah. are two of Newell's. And, and there is a chance that in the last fecha, San Juan are already down too. Yeah. 
So that could go either way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Independiente are going to be as tricky for a river as everyone seems to think that. No, I um, Independiente, as I said last week, they're, they're, this mini-revival has come against teams who are frankly not very good. Um, so I'm not expecting... It's going to be very interesting this week for Independiente when they... When the host is doing this. It will be, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Other results from the weekend, weekend. we've not yet mentioned. Vélez Southfield beat Kilnes 2-0 um, to get, what, their second league win of the season? I think, yeah. I think more importantly, um, that dragged Kilnes right back into the ship. Yeah. After almost getting out of it. And it's also uh, left uh, Ricardo Garreca slightly sad that he wasn't able to play Chucky Ferreira more because Ferreira has now scored four goals in his last three games if you include the Libertadores. Poor guy, he struggled so much with injury this year. Though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a real shame. Mm-hmm. Do you think he'll stay beyond the winter? Or is it time you know, for they be able to hold him to? That's a good. I'd like to see him stay in Argentina until yeah. the end of the year, but I'd be, at the same time, I think he could easily. Yeah. Leave Argentina and, and yeah. do well because occasionally these injuries can work in yeah. the team's favour almost because he'll be under the radar now. Everyone was talking about him, you know, at the end as, of last season. As, as we said a couple of weeks ago, was it with, with Guido Pizarro at Lanús, who yeah. Yeah. didn't get the move to, move to Fiorentina, not not because of injury, but because of um, his work permit falling through. And has, it's turned out to be, you know, almost yeah. whether Lanús would actually prefer the money or not, you don't know, but it certainly yeah. have harmed them on the pitch. Um, others I think we've mentioned all of them apart from Estudiantes Argentinos which really there's nothing to mention that was a, no it was well a game. yeah it was Argentinos a dull game a great rear performance I thought Argentinos <laughs> really were survived. about, about a million survived. times better than they've been in any of their previous five yeah. games mm-hmm. and, and they just that survived. tells you a lot about how bad they've been they're not by the skin of their teeth it's true. Yeah. Yeah. but it's a Caruso team you know that's what they do yeah and that, of course, combined with the fact that Independiente had drawn earlier in the weekend, keeps the gap with Argentinos and Independiente. Argentinos still just three points ahead of them, so they were a bit disappointed not to have got the win. They could have done. Um, and Angono Leon had that chance right at the end, which uh, Estudiantes young goalkeeper Geronimo Rulli, who we have mentioned on here before, um, did very well to save. No relation to Rulli, the, um, the racing legend? I have no idea. Member of the 1967 so. Copa uh, Intercontinental Captain. Put it this way, I remember when we when we mentioned him before, yeah. I looked him up on Wikipedia to, to try and guess at how his surname was pronounced, because yeah. I don't know whether it was Rooney or Rushi. Um, and it didn't say anything about that, so I'm assuming not. Um, and the other game, the very first game of the weekend, was Colón 2, all boys nil. Nothing to see here, really. Yeah. We all that was that the week. one game that we said last week that was absolutely plain for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Both teams were playing just for the honour. Um, we've got in Copa Sudamericana because I did say I was going to look this table up uh, qualification uh, Lanús are in River are in uh, Belgrano are 12 points clear of Colón um, Colón are in 6th which is the cut off point uh, with 12 points to play for so big thing one for Rivers first time in about 4 years that they've been in um, they're, they're going to be the last international Rivers last continental appearance was the Libertadores uh, was the Sudamericana 2009 Nine. so yeah 4 so, years yeah. it's been 4 years it's uh, a long time and it means they've managed what I said at the beginning of the season I'd be happy with from their first mm-hmm. season back in the, in the Primera. I'd, I'd yeah. be delighted with Copa Sudamericana qualification. They've got it. Of course, we have to mention, to clarify again, that although we say Lanús and River are definitely in it, if either of them win the Donnell final, they'll go to the Libertadores instead. And then they'll have to play against Vélez, who won the Donnell Inicial for the Super Championship. And the winners of that Super mm-hmm. Championship will go into the Copa Sudamericana as well as the Libertadores. Yeah. So although we say Lanús and River are both definitely in, there is every chance that one of them might, in fact, not end up playing in the Copa Sudamericana. Mm-hmm. Um, Great effort from San Lorenzo as well. You know, yeah. Went into the season, everyone had him down. Yeah. <clears throat> what was it, halfway through the Inicial, they were still looking like they were down when uh, Caruso Lombardi left and yeah. got replaced by Yeah, they were. Um, they were turned well around in, what, seven or eight months? Completely, and I think it's what we said as well, you know, we're not often right in, in hand a pod, but I think 
we kind of predicted that, you know, we knew Pizzi is um, a quality coach, a thinker, like someone who actually tries to play a bit of football. And no, it's been, it was a masterstroke for, for Gianelli and uh, San Lorenzo guys to get rid of the dinosaur like Caruso and bring in someone who's actually going to like propose a bit of football. And yeah, you're right. Uh, and kind of a season of 52 points, it might even get to 60 for the season, which would be. Yeah, totally. And, and would it, brilliant. because in fact, they're, as, as we already mentioned, they're quite high up in the title race. Um, and what now a lot of these sides, Racing have said it, San Lorenzo have said it, is that they're going to aim for at least 30 points from the um, uh, from the final final, which admittedly yeah. is quite a lot easier for San Lorenzo to manage on 26 well, this, points now. This is kind of the traditional benchmark, which you say of a uh, good season. Yeah, if you yeah. reach and 30 points, then you've had a good season. But also, it sets them up very well for a Torneo Inicial campaign that then potentially at the end of the Inicial they could then end up qualifying for the Copa Libertadores. Um, Very true. Yeah. Around sixty points yeah. of the calendar year is is more or less what we what we get them there. Yeah. Uh, so as we say, one more point for Belgrano. We'll uh, over the whole of the rest of the season. We'll we'll see them uh, qualify for the Copa Sudamericana, which means that Racing, who are nine clear uh, with twelve to play, four need four more points, and San Lorenzo need five more points. Yeah. I think they'll all manage that. I, I can't see. Yeah. Um, obviously, the, the gap come on to San Lorenzo is not much, but given the form San Lorenzo are in, I think San Lorenzo yeah. will stumble across the line. They've managed to beat someone. Yeah, neither Colón or Guadalajara are in particularly great form. Like, mm-hmm. win one, lose one, so. And I think you can say they're going to take four, four straight wins. Either. No, absolutely. Uh, do we have anything more to add? We yeah, we have the second division. Yes. Uh, yes. There's yes. a big player coming back to Primera. So and also, Santi yes, has a great story about the Metropolitano. Well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I'm going to play a very short little bit of instrumental, uh, in- instrumental, incidental. Well, it is instrumental music. As well, it is right? instrumental yeah. as well. Yeah, some some instrumental incidental music. Um, some incidental instrument. Just stop now, okay. We're on a deadline. And um, and we'll come back and we will tell you all about what's happened in the Argentine lower divisions. Do not switch off your MP3 player. Um, we're going to be left, really, I think, with a Primera División next season that's looking a little bit more like the Primera División we all used yeah, to know. Yeah, the classic Primera División. Well, it's funny, actually, listening to some of the comments, you know, you just realise that in Argentine football, even if the clubs don't and the leagues don't exactly line up with it, it's such a hierarchy. I think mm. I saw, I can't remember if it was a letter to a newspaper or some sort of comment, a forum comment, or something along those lines. It was just like... And we should say this is about um, Gimnasia returning after two years in the uh, National V. They beat Instituto on Monday night or Tuesday? Well, uh, yeah, it, was it was Tuesday. Tuesday. No, Tuesday, yeah, 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 Tuesday. Yeah, I watched, I watched it. Have it been was great, great fun. Uh, 2-0 in uh, Mario Kempes. They brought like 12,000 visiting fans and it was just a fantastic atmosphere. They partied the whole way through. I got <laughs> Prince of La Plata as well. We were, like, we were delighted, Gimnasia fans. And yeah, in, in between all that kind of thing, there's a lot of comments going... Uh, finally, the, um, the Primera División is going to start looking how it's supposed to. Now we just need teams like Rafaela and Arsenal, Arsenal, yes, <laughs> yeah. to fuck off. No and then, Liga. And then Ferro, Chaca, Huracán can all come back. Yeah, yeah we, we were making the same yeah. uh, today at work. We were talking about which teams are from, are right now in the first division, but probably shouldn't be. You got Rafaela, San Juan, Arsenal. 
and Union. you probably should have. Union. 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 I remember mentioning a few weeks ago that I looked up for some reason the, the all-time Premier League team. Tigre, yes, Tigre. Tigre is Union were actually in the all-time. Like they were twentieth. Yes, they were. Yeah, Union can say, but yeah, we've got. And it's not, but yeah, in the popular imagination, of course, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. All these teams that just don't really exist. Godoy Cruz, you could do my Yeah, Godoy Cruz is the same. And you have. Well, they've kind of earned a bit of a reputation because they've been in the Libertadores. Um, but if yeah. it comes to teams from like the, inter- the interior, then mm-hmm. people say Tacheres. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but okay. I think the big team that's missing right now from the Primera is Huracan. Yes. If, we, if we had Huracan, yeah. then. It's great to see you. Yeah. We said the same, exactly the same Sorry. thing when Central went up. I've just Googled this uh, all-time standing that, that, I, that I was talking about. So we're going to... Yeah, it's quite funny. Platense is in there too, which is... It's crazy if you've seen the last 15 years of yeah. Argentina football because they haven't been in the no. top flight league for this, a long, long time. This is uh, the professional era. So since 1931. Um, and we've got in first place... Nobody's really surprised by this, are they? Uh, yeah, River Plate <laughs> with four thousand three hundred and fifty points, trailing in their wake. But this is points, not games played. No, no, this is yeah, exactly points. And then this is adjusted for uh, wins before they started doing three points per match. No idea. No idea. No idea. Yeah. I, I think the best way to do it let's just go by games, right? River Boca, San Lorenzo, Independiente. Four of the top uh, of the big five there. Venice in fifth, Racing uh, de Avellaneda. Oh, it's so grande. And then we've got Estudiantes, Newell's. So far, nobody, all of these sides are in the Primera at the moment. Then, ninth place, Rosario Central. Tenth, Huracan. Uh, Gimnasia Grima La Plata in 11th. Who are back so now. Mm-hmm. Two of those three are coming back. And as we so, said, out of season. the first ten, we have nine Yeah. for the next season. Yes. Which is quite yeah, good. Um, and then of the remaining ten, we've got, well, one, Gimnasia Grima, um, Argentinos may or may not be, you never know, Ferro, Lanús, Platense, Chacarita, Banfield, Colón, Atlanta, Union, Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta. That's true. Yeah, historically, they've been a yeah. classic Atlanta team in the Primera División. People want in, uh, in the top flight. Yeah, but it's also true that the before... Things, the things you learn while recording yeah. the pod. But before the uh, 1980s, or I think it was the 1970s when the Nacional started happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a lot of big, very big teams with a lot of supporters in the yeah. interior mm. who never had the chance to play in the top flight of Argentinian football. Yeah. So that also explains why yeah, there are almost no smaller clubs from City yeah. of Buenos Aires and yeah, yeah, of course. Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. You have very, you have very uh, big clubs from the interior who are not yeah. in this. Yeah, because in football terms, Rosario has always been counted as Buenos Aires, like metropolitan. Yeah, but it's always indirectly affiliated yeah, yeah. to AFA. Exactly. If Rosario was to fall to the third division of Argentinian football, they would play in the yeah, Vemeta, yeah, exactly. not, not right. in the Latin Recordo, of course. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, and uh, we should. Sorry, I'd, I'd just like to say as well. Because yeah. we, we in fact, if you see. Are there any non-affiliated clubs in the top 20 or top 30? Well, yeah, Gimnasia Grima de Jujuy. Oh, de Jujuy. Arsenal at 26, which given they've only been in yes. the Premier for what, 11 years now? Uh, it was 2002. No, no. The top 20 uh, non affiliated clubs in the top 20 would be. No, they'll all be affiliated. The yeah. highest in so, There you go. Uh, possibly Union. Union might not be affiliated because they're a South Not entirely sure. That's uh, no, no, a question. Yeah, could be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they would be. I've got a feeling. I'm not entirely sure. The biggest side not in that top 20. Well, probably Dasher is actually at 21st. Mm-hmm. Like Kilmes might have something to say about that as well. Yeah. Uh, well, but the biggest definitely non-affiliated team. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so you got the Tucumán teams. 
And then these sides in bold are the current so, Primera sides. So the lowest of ranks of the current Primera sides are Atletico Rafaela, um, yeah. which I don't think anybody would be too surprised by. Really, they're 44th in the all-time standings. San Martino is... Anyway, so. following that little diversion, uh, welcome back to the Primera Gimnasia uh, y Prima La Plata, which of course means... On, on the television, they say, Bienvenidos a Fútbol para Todos, when the guy gets uh, promoted, welcome to football. But they even did it for River last season, which I thought was quite funny. Um, uh, we, we are supposed to therefore say, welcome to, to Hand of Pod. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> yeah. welcome to the first half hour of Hand of Pod. Welcome back to Argentina's oldest club as well. There's a third promotion in Nacional B this yes. year. And, and it looks like almost it's like yeah. it's going to be Olimpo. Yeah, I mean, so probably going to be. Points or one more point? Yes, yeah, like it's going to be either Olimpo or Sarmiento de Junín, but doesn't seem like Sarmiento are actually going to cut it. So it's probably going to be Olimpo back, you know. Yeah, Olimpo are eight points clear of Sarmiento yeah. with nine to play for. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a very it's good effort. It's not easy to bounce track back. Yeah, but no. they do it all the time too. <laughs> yeah, they're a bit of a guy. They're very used yeah. to going up and down and up and down and up yeah. and down. But and I think also having said that, uh, Gimnasia, of course, were, were relegated at the same in, in the same season as Quilmes and River. Yeah. Uh, both of them came, did come straight back Quite up. Quickly. And it looks now like Quilmes are going to arrest this habit of being a bit of a yo-yo club that if, if, if they can, just get... I think one of the most incredible things about the Ascenso de Nacional B this year was take a look at where Olimpo, uh, Instituto are. After that yeah, great team under Dario Franco that they had, you remember last season? So close, almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah, should have yeah. gone up really. And look where they are And who was the yeah. other guy? I can't remember. We've forgotten already. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, Instituto are 19th. They've won seven. They've drawn 14. Yeah. And they're not going down 14. because they had such a good season yeah. last year. But yeah, um, the only side below them are Nueva Chicago, who've managed to lose 20 matches, which yeah. is quite some going. Yeah, they won the last one though. <clears throat> interesting match. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and now you're going to tell us why it's an interesting match, aren't you, Santi? Yeah, uh, do. <laughs> Santi's really quite excited about this. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mentioned this uh, earlier today. Uh, there was a That's bit of a. <laughs> I saw it before. Like. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, there are no. Uh, I think there were no away fans in this match, so it was all Nueva Chicago. Nueva Chicago were already relegated. They got fifteen thousand fans Chicago in Chicago Stadium. Yeah. Fifteen thousand fans, and they managed to put up. Uh, what would you call this? A cross-dresser? With their opposing team's t-shirt, who's kind of dancing around in a thong. <laughs> so you see this huge, you know, um, green and black... <laughs> yeah, that's true. You see this whole green and black um, stadium. It's Everyone is green and black, and then you see something yellow and an ass just... <laughs> Pointing at you, and this also when when yeah. the transfer that showed up started singing something about how everyone in Almirante was yeah, going gay. Quite, yeah. <laughs> Which but that's quite that's quite a local derby, right? Yeah, Casanova and Mateiros. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big yeah. rivalry. Yeah, yeah. I think mm-hmm. Chicago's biggest derby is probably with mm-hmm. Vélez, but yeah, yeah. Chicago have been on the first flight of football yeah, yeah. a lot of times, and Almirante have never been. Yeah. So that's one of the. But yeah, Chicago are going down now to the third division. And it's well, funny because in the third division, uh, this weekend, we had the first promotion. Very small team. Very, very small team. Traditional fourth... Oh, yeah, I heard about this. Fourth, um, uh, fourth division team, traditionally, Vicha San Carlos, which is... Well, it's, you say it's the first promotion, but in the Metropolitana, in the other... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah of course. In Hawaii, Tachere. Tachere yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that, I think, yeah. last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but Vicha San Carlos were founded in something like 2000? Like really, really, really recently, weren't mm-hmm. they? Well, they're only no, affiliated recently. Maybe. But um, they're traditionally the second team of Gimnasia. So you got right. Gimnasia fans also go to see Vicha San Carlos on the third or fourth flight of Argentinian football. Now they're playing in the second 
side. Yeah. Would have been funny if Gimnasia hadn't gone up the, this season because it yeah. would have been kind of like Real Madrid going against Real Madrid being, you know, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but, you know, Bicha San Carlos, it, it's strange because you have such, so many big teams on the, the Metro. Yeah. Out of those 20 that we just mentioned, there were at least three of those yeah, yeah, yeah. playing in the, the Metro. Platense, was, Atlanta, Chacarita. I was talking out of my ass when I said they've been found recently, by the way. The 25th mm-hmm. of April, 1925. So I apologize for oh, really? the San Carlos fans. Um, no, my grandma's not allowed. Yeah, we got it mixed with Cartier. So. <laughs> There's no way we can even say that. <laughs> so, it's, it's quite funny how they yeah. got promoted from a, so, such a hard yeah. league to play. Such and a, basically yeah. it happened because... The three big teams that we just mentioned, Platense and Chacarita and Atlanta, did their very best to throw it away. That's true. Absolutely That's threw true. it away. Yeah. 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 Um, in the end, they, actually, they only finished two points clear of Platense, but yeah, Platense were winning. Atlanta were ahead for a long way. Yeah. But then they just Chacarita didn't even get in the final five. But Santi knows mm-hmm. why. <laughs> yeah, of course. I think we they, mentioned they this made, last time when he took over. He made the yeah. huge so mistake of hiring the biggest MUFA in the whole <laughs> history of Argentinian football. And who is this, Santi? Um, yeah. I don't really like to mention his name, but it's... I think you have to... Navarro Montoya. Testicle while I'm saying it, right? Don't let me say it again. You can say it again if you want. Navarro Montoya. Okay, yeah. That's what Santi so said, so I was talking about. Han goes to the left ball right now. <laughs> uh, why, why is uh, the man who shouted me names um, mm-hmm. such a, a mufa? Oh, he has, uh, I think, seven relegations under his belt, something like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like consecutive seasons where he got relegated and relegated and relegated again. Then he was the goalkeeper for Independiente and the two reserve goalkeepers of Independiente died in a car crash. <laughs> I remember this story <laughs> when he took over here. You've been proved completely right. Yeah, yeah, he, it, he has a history of being Mufa. We, we should point out because we, we all giggled a little bit when Santi said that there's nothing funny about dying in car crashes. Um, it, yeah, of course, it's a very serious man. An example I'm sorry about that. Of, um, of how, how much of a, a curse this guy appears to be. Um, do we have anything else to round up from the lower divisions? Or is no, it, is it, so we've had... So uh, in the reducido for the, for the Metropolitana, Platense, Atlanta... Brown de Drogué. Almagro and Brown de Drogué. Ah, Magra as well is a big club. I mean, it's a big club. I forgot about yeah. that. It's a traditional second, yeah. second league club, but still a big club. And in the, I think in the Argentino A, it's, it's, it seems like Sportivo Belgrano are the, the team that's oh. probably going to go up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, we're now going to play some more music, and we'll be back in a minute with your listeners' questions. Jack Tillman, who is a, a rapidly, um, far more than even I am, a River Plate fan, um, and who's been uh, talking to me on Twitter all the way through yesterday's match about how absolutely completely unacceptable it was for Boca to approach uh, last night's game in, in the way that they did approach it, asks question for Underpod. If Jose Luis Chilabert misses his penalty against Depor Sporting in 1994 in the round of 16, does Bianchi ever even end up at Boca? Uh, I don't want to suggest that that's yeah, a, a such an obscure but, um, reference yeah wow Boca won a penalty shootout uh, when Bianchi was Belles Sarsfield's manager in I have to read that again uh, uh, Jose Luis Chilabert yeah, scored yeah. the winning penalty 
um, mm-hmm. which would have sent them out if he hadn't scored it. Uh, and they went on to win that Copa Libertadores, after which Bianchi became Bianchi and gained this, the Mystica, as Santa yeah. called it earlier, because uh, it's not just a Boca in the Copa, it's also Bianchi in the Copa. And Riquelme in the Copa. Um, mm-hmm. Would Bianchi be where he was now if, if Chilabert had missed that penalty? Yeah, it's a bit I hard to so. say. So would would he Alex Ferguson ever yeah. have lasted another year at Manchester United if was it Mark Robbins hadn't scored the equalising yeah, goal yeah. in the FA Cup to take him to a replay? I don't know. I like kind of history effects. as much as anyone, but it's you know, this specu- idle speculation. Yeah. yeah, I mean, probably I'm not, not but he did. It. So yeah. it doesn't really matter. Um, uh, Craig says. Craig Clark asks: Are any of you planning on attending the World Cup in Brazil? Um, I think there's two parts. Yes. And, and yeah, and then he says, "Could a football-based trip to Argentina slash South America in general be fitted in around it, or would the dates make it unworkable?" Um, I think do I don't it. know about Santi, but certainly I am, and I suspect Dan is as well, hoping to get accreditation for the yeah, World Cup. Um, if 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 hand of pod listeners would like to pitch in to pay for mine and Dan's plane tickets, uh, you can PayPal money to samatastogosiempre.com. We're not actually expecting you to do that. Don't worry, they're going to be very expensive. Um, at the end of August, and, I yeah. think, the first ones? Yeah, 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 the tickets are going on sale. Tickets, yeah, yeah. And maybe even the end of July, beginning of August. I, can't I know a lot of people, though, though, who are going, but don't even care about getting in the Argentina matches. Mm. It's going to be insanely no, just hard to see get, just to any, see what a World yeah. Cup's atmosphere is like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, uh, we're, we're very much planning to. I, I received an email from one of my editors at ESPN earlier today saying that he certainly they, they'll try. Obviously, ESPN are going mm-hmm. huge on it. There are going to be people from all over the world. So whether I'm actually able to get one, I don't know. But we're going to be looking for accreditation. We might even try via hand of pod. If address the website up a little bit. Yeah. Joel reckons we could probably. If I reckon we, we can blank. We turn the blog into more of a little bit of a website. We, could, we yeah. might be able to get accreditation. Um, as for the second part, yeah, you could definitely fit it in because the matches are going to be, um, the league's going to be going on until, well, it, the Argentine league's going to be finishing yeah. later than, than any of the European ones, at least. Obviously, there's this one yeah, top flights have to finish two weeks or whatever it is before the World Cup starts. Um, but yes, yes on both counts. Yes. Be great. Bit of a shame going coming to South American winter, for the, if it's for the first time at well, least. Well, yeah. But Still, maybe. But if you make your way out to the north of Brazil, yeah, 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 it'll be solid. Mm-hmm. I'd say go to the World Cup and base yourself in Salvador. Yeah, it's yeah, happy. Yeah, if you go up north, I suspect even Rio and São Paulo. Yeah, Rio you went for an Englishman. Yeah, that's true. Phil Carney asks, "What do you think is the reason for Lanús underwhelming recent form, and do you think they can recover and win the title?" I sort of half answered that earlier. I don't think they can recover and win the title. I think there was there was an alarm, a bit of an alarm for that earlier in the tournament. When do you remember Regueiro saying, talking about talking bad about Barros Estilotos? Uh, experience. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I listened to that, I said, "Okay, this is, I think the, this this doesn't talk well about Lanus's future." Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I, I don't know exactly what's going on with Lanus, but that that was, that was a bit of an alarm sign for me. And um, yeah, of course, if somebody doesn't remember it, remember this, and Regueiro basically said that Barros Esqueloto. It's it's his first experience as a manager, <laughs> and um, he basically said that he didn't have the experience to stand in front of a team of experienced players and tell them what to do. And it's interesting and, how it's worked uh-huh. out as well. Sorry for uh, for jumping in, but yeah, yeah, it seems like this season's almost been the complete opposite okay. of of what happened last time um, in the NCL. 
because there Lennon started off really kind of tepidly really mediocrely and then put kind of eight games one in a row together and ended up kind of not quite championship hopefuls but there in the final mix mm. and this season it's happened exactly the same I think they're probably going to end with the same points but it's happened the opposite way around they started yeah, off pretty really well yeah. and now yeah, yeah. they're going uh, Leper Dave, a New Mills fan, as is obvious from his uh, Twitter handle, um, asks. Oh, you might be an actual yeah. leper. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be very brave <laughs> to come out and say it. Indeed. He asks, uh, does, does Bocca's approach uh, last night mean that Carlos Bianchi is recognising that you can't compete in both the Coppa and the league? Um, I don't think it necessarily does because no. they're not competing in either. No. I mean, they were competing he, in the Coppa. He started like, off by saying that he yeah. wouldn't compete in both. Mm-hmm. That was his first first thing he said. But the other thing is, there. even the thing is, even, even if in, the league was over yeah. almost before it started, but the other thing is, there's, there's no real shame to to admitting this because history, the last twenty years true. of the Argentine league, proved that you you can't. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Nobody moment, has. Nobody has done. Yours are going well in both. They're in the semis of the Copa, which obviously gives them a chance. They're, they're three points clear at the top of the league. But history suggests they're not going to win both of those. I yeah, mean, Vélez, a couple of years ago, looked like they were going to, and then they went out to Santos on... Yeah. Was it penalty? No, it was one, one goal, wasn't it, yeah. um, in the semi-final? Um, well, I think there's kind of... There's going out, and there's not doing too well in the league, but doing well in the Copa. Like, there's ways of doing it, right? There's hmm. ways of going well in the Copa and trying to win it, and still staying respectable in the league. league. Yeah, yeah. not... Finishing 19th or 18th or something. I think it's surprising yeah. that, that people got kind of uh, angry at Bianchi for doing it. I mean, I, I think it was, it was very obvious from my point of view. I mean, Bianchi, away match. Ten men, I mean, one man Copa down. Libertadores. Copa Libertadores, where they won every single penalty shootout so far. 30 minutes left. Yeah. Do you seriously think that Bianchi is going to put out another, you know, another forward and actually go for the away goal? It's obvious that they're going to just try and get a nil-nil for the penalty. Mm-hmm. It was obvious as soon as Clemente got sent off that they were going to go for yeah. that tie. So, I mean, a lot of people were starting saying, why is Bianchi doing this and why did he get the Blandi out and get another central uh, midfielder in there? Yeah. But come on, this is Bianchi. Yeah. We're not talking about Bielsa here. This is one of the most defensive managers that. And, but and what I've seen this year, like, I don't know, it's, you know, you can say it's Bianchi and whether he's got his way of doing things, but it almost feels like this whole season has been like a caricature of Bianchi more than the actual coach. It's like everything he's done has just been like what, say, um, a cartoonist or an impressionist would do if they were Bianchi on the Boca bench. Mm. Just not, like, no flexibility, no kind of reaction, just, you know, I'm Bianchi, so this is what I do. Yeah. If you know what I mean, I don't know if that sounds completely... Yeah. There's a lot of talk about Bianchi being uh, out of date with, with what's been going I've on in that, South America. I've got that feeling, like... Uh, he, he, was, he was head coach, uh, the last, his previous job was like six Atletico? years ago, seven years yeah. ago. Atletico Madrid? Yeah, no, but he, he, that, was, that was in 2004. Five, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So I think his last match was against Once Caldas in 2005. Yeah. That was 2004. 2004. The, the, the 2004 Copa Libertadores final was 2004 because that was the second time I came to Argentina. Mm-hmm. And I arrived the day before that game. Oh. Um, okay. So, yeah, I, I remember I think that, that was his last match. Remember, remember when the club saw her and then Boca lost him penalties <laughs> in the Copa Libertadores final? It was a very good time to be in Buenos Aires. Uh, more questions. We apologise for if there was a slight jump in the sound just there, but uh, Santi's net
going again. Uh, Liam Delaney asks, will Kilmes be racing? I'm pronouncing my V's like Argentines now. Will Kilmes V racing be fixed? No, it won't be fixed. We're, we're handing over to our resident racing right now to explain, to explain apart from anything else why Liam is asking this question. Well, I think we touched on it earlier when I was yeah, talking about the pamphlets going around. Of course we did, yeah. yeah sorry, I'm... Um, yeah, basically... It shows how much attention I pay to you when you're... <laughs> it's fine, I'll pay little attention to anything that goes in. Yeah. Um, it's funny because uh, yeah, Racing is the, the same Kilmes discussion are, uh, was going on with Racing San Juan earlier in this tournament yeah. and Racing actually beat San Juan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think... I think apart from anything Kilmes are more than capable of beating Racing at the moment at home just through, through pure merit. Mm. Although we did see something come on, was it the Fox Sport Radio yeah, thing? Yeah, we started to record, I, said, I was going to say that. Yeah. There was a thing about contra Kilmes sin delanteros, which is uh, versus Kilmes without strikers, uh, which yeah. is clearly a little bit of silliness to the television. Although that could be kind of um, a Barcelona thing, you know, put Farinha in as, uh, as a messy false nine and have Centurion and De Paul playing off him. Why wouldn't you just have Jose Sand as a false nine? I mean, yeah, he does such a good job right now. He is actually just a false nine, yeah. yeah. You're completely right. Yeah. So yeah. uh, that was clever actually I'm, you know, even though you don't have your last sign up I'm, I'm going to say that was a good joke <laughs> thank you very much yeah. <laughs> but yeah I don't think Racing will will play for a loss because now people have been talking about it far too much mm. and we all know that the league's already been fixed in favour of Independiente yeah. so. But it's funny that the, the, uh, the betting sites already think that it's going to be fixed. Yeah, Ladbrokes are the only uh, Latin America, uh, are the only bet bookmakers with a market in Latin America um, who are offering odds on Kilmes Racing tomorrow. Apparently, me, all of the others are just yeah. going for nine of the ten Primera games. Um, I'm going to say to all our listeners, if you want to bet on anything, go for a really, really dull nil-nil draw. Uh, whether you have time to will be another matter, of course, because that is the only game this weekend that's taking place on the Friday evening, and that's uh, oh, yeah, Friday yeah, afternoon. Yeah. Fingers crossed, if I'm feeling lively, it's going to be when I'm this editing. This might well go up when it's already 4 0 to Kim. It might <laughs> possibly do, yes. Uh, Leon Pincharata, who I'm guessing is not a regular listener, um, I'm he's a studio and I'm also fan. guessing is, is Argentine, um, asks, How come you like Argentine football so much, and what is your favourite football team from Argentina? Um, I don't know. We, we like to, to humour our, our new listeners, so here we go. Um, I'd like to say, just, you know, to, um, to borrow an Argentine phrase, say look, yeah. <laughs> we're here in Argentina, and we're pretty lazy, so we can't be able to stream or watch from football, so we just watch Argentine football. Well, in my case, I'm kind of in Argentina because I like Argentine football so much, actually. Ah. I, I, chose the, yeah. uh, the, I, I chose the country because I like the league. Um, it's very competitive, I think, more than anything. That, that's the main... You can't predict yeah. who's going to Sorry, that was, that was a bit facetious. Like, I do <laughs> enjoy... Yeah. Just to clarify, I do actually enjoy Argentine football. The, the advantages over Europe, of course, we do realise, even though we've managed to record 106 episodes of Hand of Pot, that the standard maybe isn't quite the same, uh, to put it mildly. Um, but it's much harder to predict who's going to win the championship at the beginning of yeah, each uh, championship. Yeah. Even, if the, even if the championship's the season long, it would still be the case. Um, I'm like never short of things to say. Exactly. Yeah. It's always something. The, the short tournaments also do that. The short tournaments also do that, right? Like definitely, yeah. 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 I think I can yeah. just go have a very good ten matches and that may even be enough for winning the whole tournament. That's what happened to Argentina not long ago. Although it's not it's not happened to Lanús this time. Yeah. Uh, which is you know and that's the thing, you never you never quite know what's gonna happen next. Um, and our favourite teams, as you've probably already guessed uh, from what we've been saying this evening, are Santi. 
uh, who, who isn't here every week, but his, his mm-hmm. Arsenal this are the fun. Yeah, uh, I'm Argentinian, of course. Like, why do I like Argentinian football? Because I'm Argentinian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Danny's a Racing fan, and I'm a, a River Plate fan. Um, we have various soft spots apart from those, but uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's, the, that's the basis of it. Uh, Ryan Ross says, which documentaries on Argentine football would you recommend, English or Spanish? Um, there's one main one, El Otro Football by Federico Perenti, which we also mentioned on last week's episode, and which I mentioned on last week's episode. We're going to try and get the director of it on hand of pod, um, assuming that he speaks English. We don't know. It's also one where I, I can't remember if it's a documentary or like um, a dramatization of the events, but was it like Puerta Dosi, Puerta Tresi, oh. about the mm-hmm. disaster in the Bombardier? Puerta Dosi. Yeah. It was in the Monumental. That's so, yeah. one, the Monumental. Uh, yeah. Super Classico, yeah, when, uh, it, which was in 1967, I think, or something like that, yeah. 57 maybe, um, when various, uh, I can't remember exactly how many, but a few dozen uh, Boca fans were killed yeah. on yeah. their way out of the Monumental, um, <laughs> not, not by an armed gang of river thugs, but uh, by, well, we still don't know. Uh, yeah, there, there was a close we, gate we where it should that. have been open and they got crushed. Yeah, uh, we, we mentioned it on Hand of Pod like nine or ten or something at some point, or possibly one of the first ones that Seba was on um, in, in passing. And yes, as, as Dan says, is that available on YouTube? That documentary? I haven't looked, but what is available on YouTube, you know, to lie the time just a tad, mm-hmm. is Danny Dyer's Raw Factories, <laughs> the Argentine episode, which is a hilarious watch. Please watch it. Because um, it goes, yeah. it's all about the Independiente Barra um, and uh, Racing Clásico. Yeah. Uh, the other one uh, about Barra Bravas is uh, the guy That's from... the Spanish one, right? Yeah, the, the Spanish yeah. guy from Canal Plus who's got a Basque surname, which uh-huh. I've never forgotten. And it's called like Barra Brava or something like that. Yeah, uh, it's, it's on YouTube in its entirety. If you don't have a look for Canal Plus Barra Brava, you'll probably find it. And it's basically got the guy, like the capo of the... What's it? Excursionistas? No, Excursionistas. Yeah, he starts off with Excursionistas. Like, this guy is just waving a machete around. It's not even a match day. He's just in the stand waving a machete and then he pulls a gun out and... <laughs> it's just mental. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a fascinating documentary. There's, there's two that I like to mention. My favorite one is Maradona by Costa Rica, ah, yeah. which is beautiful. It's only about Maradona, yeah. but it's a beautiful documentary, very well filmed. Because very it's Costa Rica, so he gets completely involved in his life. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Himself, if, yeah. if you'd like to know a little more about Maradona, that that's the one. And then there's another one. It's not actually a documentary. It's actually a series. I'm not entirely sure if this is available on YouTube with uh, subtitles, but it's Atlas La Otra Placion. Which ah, is a series on Fox Sports about Atlas, which is a this fifth. This is going on. This started in 2003, didn't it? Because it was on when I first came here. Yeah, yeah. And I mm-hmm. since I found out like last year that the season that I was watching when I was first here was mm-hmm. the first season. That yeah, it's, that's true. It's yeah, it's. I think it's still going. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's on there's, Fox there's, a, there's a huge following uh, to Atlas La Otra Pasión in the rest of South America, mm-hmm. which is quite funny. I mean, yeah, a I think Peruvian it's more popular guy. in South yeah. America than in Argentina. Than Argentina itself, of course. I met this Peruvian guy in New Zealand who was a very fan of Atlas. <laughs> Which is quite a funny thing because Atlas is a very, very. This, yeah. uh, this is a Fair series play, about yeah. a very small team in, in the fifth division. Pretty much the worst team in Argentina. Yeah, they, they picked it because it was the worst team in Argentinian football, mm. and it's basically a documentary about you know people who actually follow Atlas and um, and the players who all of them have another job. They're all amateurs, yeah. and, it's, and it's very interesting. I'm in, in, not sure if. It's a little bit available with English subtitles or anything, but I'm sure you can find someone, it at least. I mean, yeah. as we say, it, 
as we mentioned, you've got an idea of how much it's on. It's on every week during the football season. Yeah, so it's quite long. The first season that I saw was the first season it was on, which means it's been on now for the last decade. Yeah. Uh, So it's almost like a soap opera rather than a documentary. And Atlas have never gone up to the fourth division throughout (laughs) the whole thing, so yeah, it's quite funny. So but yeah, really to do last... with the added interest mm-hmm. and potential mm-hmm. revenue that that might gain. <laughs> yeah, so that should, like good TV, mm-hmm. positive TV yeah. should mm-hmm. do. You know. But if anyone would like to search it, it's Atlas La Otra Pasión, which is translated as Atlas The Other Passion. So yeah, yeah. And Ryan has a couple more for us. First of all, he says, "What will Inter get if they sign Peruzzi this summer?" Um, they get um, really very talented right wing back, right back. You know. Right back in the sense he's Argentine, so he loves to get forward. You know, a mm. classic, a classic fullback. Well, there's much Probably, potential as talent as well, I think. Yeah, and I think he's kind of so. up there. You know, he's an unpolished version of Zanetti. You could almost say at this point. You know, and, and they'll get somebody as well who, if they end up getting drawn in a Champions League knockout match tie with uh, Barcelona, Neymar is going to be yeah. shitting himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, good luck into with that one. Uh, Ryan also says how is Juan Sebastián Verón's training for his comeback next season going uh, he's scoring a fair few goals but they report this shit in the newspapers here um, in an Estudiantes training game uh, last week he scored a really stunning volley apparently <laughs> they actually reported that in they? Um so yeah he's, he's still I don't think he's yet had surgery on the ankle he's going to do that uh, Honestly, though, what possesses him to want to come back the fact that Estudiantes are doing awfully and he... And yeah, but not so bad lately. Well, yeah, not so bad since he's announced it, funnily enough. But I think he's, uh, as much as anything, is looking at the midfield and thinking, I could do that. <laughs> Still, at 40. Um, <laughs> do you reckon maybe it's a ploy he's saying, you know, uh, Verón's coming back Verón's coming back, and he's just going to, like, throw one of his kids into the team? <laughs> we'll see. Keep the, like, third generation of Verón's going in Estudiantes. It's going to happen at some story. point anyway, isn't yeah, it? Has he got kids? Oh, I'm sure he must have. Yeah. If, if you know whether Juan Sebastián Moron has children. And children of age to play in the Premier League. Please, please, please let us know. Um, and finally, Ryan asks, this is the final, it's not quite the final question actually this week, but it's the final one on Twitter. Have you noticed that Ignacio Skoko is a slight doppelganger of Ibrahimovic? We have to say, coincidentally, he's actually on our television at the moment uh, uh, with an interview with this guy. No, that's it. I'd say Tino Naire. He's kind of similar. Um, he's got the high cheekbones. Yeah, yeah, he's got the nose. No, the high jawline. I've never really been able to see it. It's, it's the same as this guy who plays for Argentino, Zlatan Fernandez, who doesn't really look anything <laughs> at all like Zlatan, but he's got that nickname because he's quite tall and fair haired. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> or like, like was, Zlatan's um, very fair haired. The yeah. defender in Rafaela, who they call Pujol. <laughs> That's quite funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just a big guy with a bit, a bit of a curly mane. and Because no other Argentine footballers has got long curly hair. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the funniest one, the funniest. Like comparison I ever heard was when Bouchard. Ivan Bichud had a couple of good games for Racing and they started calling him the Argentine Roberto Carlos. Mm. <laughs> maybe maybe the singer, I don't know. Like. <laughs> He's got a million friends. Yeah. Uh, the final, <laughs> final question, we have two, they're in an email and they're from Matthias Silverstein. Um, he says, first of all, uh, relegation for Argentinos seems imminent. Their last four games are against River, San Lorenzo, Colón and Newells. Thank That's you for true. saving us from having to look that one up, Matthias. Um, and he says, keeping that three-point lead against Independiente seems very tough, even though they share three opponents. Uh, Independiente also plays Estudiantes, River, San Lorenzo um, and Colón. Um, San Martín's opponents are a little easier. Tigre, Belgrano, Estudiantes, River and Quilmes have Racing, Arsenal, Godoy Cruz and Tigre. So here's my question. Quilmes uh, is much easier. He says, with the help yeah, of... The classical, though. With the help of Promiedos.com, if Argentinos gets two points, Independiente five, San Martín six, and Quilmes four, 
None of this particularly quadrangular. Then you're looking at a four-way tie with all teams on a 1.158 point average. What is the process if there's a three- or four-way tie for the last two relegation spots? And the answer to that, as we've already mentioned, is the quadrangular. Yeah. Uh, they will have to play a round robin, basically. Uh, exactly. I'm kind of hoping so they just throw all four coaches into like an arena with a knife and <laughs> the last two surviving get to stay up. It's the same process as uh, as happens if you end up with two teams tied for time for the championship on yeah, points. It's or happened two teams tied a couple of years before with qualification yeah. on points. Uh, Boca, Tigre, San Lorenzo yeah. happened yeah, a couple of years before. They they had to play a yeah, three way. Yeah, yeah, two thousand and eight. Eight. Yeah. yeah. I thought Yeah. Um, so yes, it's exactly the same process. There's no goal difference or anything like that in Argentina for points for, for positions that matter in in mid table. If two teams finish um, uh, finish equal on points, they're separated by goal difference. But for the title, for Copa qualification, and in the relegation table uh, for relegation, they they separate them with the playoff. So there's your answer. He, he he says thank you for turning on to Fernet. He mentions the brand name, but we're not going to because they're not the one we drink, and it's not the one who sponsor us. We don't actually have a sponsor. Um, he says, I was able to find it here in Chicago and I suffer from GERD. I don't know what that is. So gout. Ah, uh, gout, possibly, yes. He says, a lot of alcohol can really hurt, but I went on holiday over the weekend and killed a whole bottle by myself in three days, served with ice and cola. I forgot my meds, but did not feel any heartburn or hangover. Yeah. Um, well, it's medicinal. This, Everyone knows that Fernet is medicinal. The thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason the thing with Fernet is, is you don't have hangover, you don't have anything, but yeah, I don't is, want no, to be the guy really that cleans your toilet after you had oh, a couple no. Fernet. We do like to partake in in a few alcoholic beverages while we're recording and sometimes, you know, more often than not it's finette, sometimes it's wine or... In these kind of cases and uh, my other half, bless her, sometimes I go and watch her and... No, sometimes, sometimes I go and see her even. <laughs> not watch her that way, would. Yeah, that, that sounds vaguely. Yeah. Um, mm. After recording or after, you know, going out to football or, you know, in these kind of occasions where one might partake in a few social drinks. She says that beer... It can never be smart on my breath if I've been out or went um, wine occasionally. For now, even if I've had two or you know one or half, two, half a glass, absolutely stays on you and leaves you stinking like a brewery. <laughs> this is the downside. And if you have three, forget about it. You're gonna stink of Fennet for a week. Mm, indeed. Um, well, that's a, I don't know if that's a tip or was that the question? No, it's not. <laughs> the question continues. <laughs> All right. I, I, I just paused to, to register my annoyance because that feeds into this ridiculous Argentine idea that Santi's come out with that it doesn't give you hangovers, which it definitely does. Um, he says, what an amazing drink. It is, isn't it? Um, I'm it curious. gives you less of a hangover than wine. Come on. Yes. yes. Oh, yes. So yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, he says, I'd be curious to hear what Sam, Dan, Joel and guests have to say about the benefits of drinking Fernet. I think we've just gone over that one. Yeah. Um, it's digestive. And on how you serve it. This is the important Speaking bit. Speaking of which, I give us a top up. Ice to Fernet to cola ratio. Uh, to give you some idea, we're at Santi's today we're drinking out of almost comically large glasses, but normally we'd have maybe a half pint glass. Um, we tend to stick three, two or three large ice cubes in, uh, cover the ice cubes with Fernet, and then top up with cola. It's around, say, one third Fernet, two, fir- two thirds Coke. Uh, if someone from Cordoba was to listen, then it's, then it's yeah, it would In Cordoba, it's half, it's half, half and half. half. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it very much depends, but you know, as, as much as you want. The, the key thing we should mention before anybody tries their first Fernet and pours it themselves uh, as a result of this conversation is that you have to pour the Coca-Cola. It has to be Coca-Cola. That, that's the one brand name we are going to mention because uh, Pepsi tastes bloody horrible with it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And you have to pour it slowly. 
because it does fizz up as Dan will now demonstrate if we had a camera here <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and I would say for your that. first fernet go easy on the fernet yeah. So it takes about they say it takes about six or seven finets to get used to. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, Being an Argentine, I didn't even like Fernet until I was like really twenty-one. Like the first like one that I else. really liked, the first one that I really liked, had a loads of ice on it, mm-hmm. a little silver Fernet, and a lot of coke. And that's when I said, "Hey, this isn't so bad." So I once remember. you already have the first one, you can go. Sort of about getting the taste. Put in a little first, more Fernet. First time I had it, it was summer two Argentine summer two thousand and six. Um, with my now ex, then girlfriend. This is embarrassing, but friends. you started having Fernet earlier than I did. Well, I'm, yes, so. I mean, how, how old are you, Sam? Um, 25. There you go, I'm four years older than you, so it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah, um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so the, the first time I had a very, very, very hot day, and we were just sitting around drinking this loads of ice, but also about 50-50 with vodka. <laughs> and I, really, I liked it from the very first sip that I had. But what I did find, we were just sitting on the grass next to this pool. Her friends had rented a, a place out in the province somewhere for a week. Um, and we, we were sitting around in the sun, drinking it. And it doesn't make you need to piss. Other alcohol, you have to get up and go to the yeah, toilet sure. down there. For now, you don't. And as a result, because you're not getting up, you don't realise how wobbly your legs have got. And we were drinking <laughs> it for about two and a half hours, and then I stood up and just... Felt. It was um, it was fun. I should but, mention yeah. as well. If he's looking for tips on making um, the perfect finet, the perfect finet isn't poured in a glass. It's poured in a coke bowl that's been cut that's in the middle. That's very true. Yeah, because <laughs> that, that's how you see it. If you walk down the streets of Buenos Aires late at night, you'll see. Finet is for sure. Yeah, you cut. You it's a bit like knife, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and you don't do it with scissors either. It has to be with a knife. You cut um, a two and a half or three liter of coke in the middle. Traditionally, two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. It's, yeah, <laughs> agree. Because mm-hmm. really yeah, is, I've met people who yeah, are really very. Yeah. You fold down yeah. the serrated mm-hmm. edges, That's true. and then mm-hmm. you make your your big finet to share around. Nice bit of handiwork. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Absolutely. I'm I'm sort of an expert now. I must mm-hmm. say, I can make a botija cortada like like that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Expert. If, if, you, if you notice my English getting better throughout the podcast, it's, it's thanks of oh, Fernet. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the other benefit, as, as an aside, um, I got given a cocktail <laughs> kit for my birthday by my girlfriend's parents um, and found out, whilst Googling uh, shaking techniques and, and ingredients that you should have and so on, uh, that Fernet, uh, I would say probably, we're going to have to mention the brand name now of the one that we don't drink on Handapod, uh, Fernet Branca, which is the only one that you'll be able to find probably outside. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, outside Argentina, unless you live in like Italy, Czech Republic, um, Italy, area yeah, where sure. Germany, I think they do. Yeah, well. sort of certain yeah. bits of Central Europe, essentially. Um, but Fernet Branca can also be used as a substitute for Angostura bitters in um, oh. in cocktails. That's interesting. Uh, just a splash of it, it's, it's got the same uh, sort of taste and, and effects on the other alcohols. Um, so there you go. That, that's another benefit of it. And on that note, it's time for Mystic Sound. Um, I'm going to play some music. I'll be back in a second. Don't go anywhere. Here we go. Uh, the first uh, prediction of Mystic Sam's week is, of course, Quillness versus Racing on Friday evening. I think Racing are going to win. Whoa. Controversial. The, wow. the, this is the only betting expert that you're going to hear that prediction from all weekend. It's very, very sad. I did write it before these bookmakers stopped taking bets on it, in fairness. You, know, does, does, you, you, you have a very good, um, you know, like a, a betting ratio for that. 
in if last, you just put like one dollar in it, you how much would you get back? In the last in the last three weeks, I'm doing all right. I'm tempted to get five or six, but prior to that, I assure you, it's not been that impressive at all, Sandy. Yeah, but, but, but if, if, if you were to put just one dollar, uh, well, on they were saying uh, the the report I read earlier said that the the only, as we said, the only bookmakers who are accepting odds on it are Ladbrokes, and they were offering something like four point five to one for a Racing that, win. There you go. Um, they, they said that Gilmas was paying as much as Real Madrid for the next game. Yeah, <laughs> which is quite funny. Um, Independiente versus Estudiantes de la Plata, I think is going to be a draw. Uh, Godoy Cruz versus Arsenal. Godoy Cruz win. Godoy Cruz have got a very strong record at home recently. Rafaela versus San Lorenzo. I'm going for a San Lorenzo win, which will make it five in a row for them. Union versus Colón, the big 11:30 a.m. behind closed doors Clásico. Union uh, is relegated. Union relegated. For nothing. Colón not playing for anything. I'm going to go for a draw. I mean, the fight outside the stadium between the two barrios. How's that going to turn out? Uh, yeah. Two. Dead people for each side. Yeah. Lanús v Belgrano, uh, I think, is also going to be a draw, given how many draws Lanús have had recently. Vélez to beat Boca in the in La Bombonera. Yeah. All boys versus Newells. Newells win. Not particularly surprising prediction. That's the boys' derby, right? It is. Yes, the the um, classic when, boys' sense, which we have. When is the next leg in? Uh, when, when would the semi-finals be played for New? The first leg is on the 3rd of July, which is July. next Wednesday, isn't it? July? Ju- We're in May. No, 3rd of July. That's no. a month. So it's a while away. Yeah. There's the Confederations Cup. Oh. Remember? Stops after the quarter-final. The alternative was playing the first leg of the semis yeah. and then... And, and Martino has it today that he's going to stay until the end of the Libertadores. Yeah, he said, he said that earlier in the season as well. He's going to stay until New are either out or... Out or until the finals play, whichever is, is yeah. later. Um, so there you go, yeah, that's not going to affect Newell's for the rest of the season now. Uh, which, okay, maybe in that case we need to revise our opinions of whether it's possible to win both the yes, final that is a very and the Libertadores. We shall see. Um, it's a shame we've only come across this fact <laughs> right at the very end of the recording, but still. Akinthinos versus River. Come on, really? <laughs> Akinthinos at bottom, River a second, mm. River win. Um, I am I wouldn't be averse to seeing a, a draw, seeing a surprise, like a heroic draw. It could be a heroic draw. Yeah, yeah. everyone just hanging on the post. I'd, I'd like to remind <laughs> you both that I've been to several Argentinos matches under Caruso Lombardi, and uh, so this is exactly the kind of match yeah. for Caruso. No that's one true. expects anything. <laughs> yeah, that's true. it's the kind of match he gets points from. Precisely. We'll see. Uh, Tigre versus San Martin. I think it's going to be a draw. That was kind of the we'll see that's that it. my mum said when I asked her for like to buy me a toy or buy me, you know, take me to the cinema. <laughs> It's like a will see, like not on your life. Not you haven't got a fucking chance in hell. And and there you go. As I say, Tigre versus San Martín de San Juan to be a draw as well. Is those are my predictions for this weekend? Are there any fixtures apart from your own sides that you're looking forward to in particular, guys? I don't know if I'm even looking forward to my own side this week. Next season? Yeah, I mean next fecha. Um, Yeah, yeah, next season. Next season. Central. No, this this weekend. Well, um, we didn't go over the Copa Argentina a lot, and um, Arsenal are playing Independiente. They were supposed to play next week, but now they're not playing next week. Ooh, the and, big <laughs> and um there's going to be a couple of funny matches on the Copa Argentina, because uh, you have... Oh, and Col- uh, Col- yeah, sorry, it was postponed, wasn't it? Was w- while Boca and Newell's were playing also 
um, eh, estudiantes de Buenos Aires beat Banfield in the Copa Argentina yes. at the same time yes, in a penalty shootout too. Uh, they're also in the, in the quarterfinals. This is going to be a couple of interesting matchups there. Arsenal How playing Independiente. Gimnasia de Concepción del Uruguay. Uh, they're already, Gimnasia de Ríos are already in the quarterfinals for the Copa. Yeah. And it's also, yeah, there, there's going to be a couple of interesting matchups there. But, you know, with the Copa Argentina, you yeah, never know when they're going to be played. So yeah. it's a bit hard to... Uh, supposedly, it was going to be next week for Arsenal and Independiente. But apparently, it got... Suspended, and there's no prediction of where they're going to funny. play. Actually, there's a team, yeah, as we just mentioned, there's a team in the, um, you said the last eight now, the quarterfinals, yeah, Gimnasia, yeah, Gimnasia and they're also nicknamed the Lobos, like all Gimnasias in the country. They're always nicknamed after the nickname of whatever the biggest club is, yeah, in in. Who are called that name, basically, yeah. aren't they? Uh, so if you got Enio, El Huracán, Ar, El Globo, yeah. always. Yeah, that's the exception to the rule. But yeah, actually, I, I think having asked you the question of, of which game uh, you were looking forward to this weekend, and then got a completely different answer. I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I was uh, looking forward to the, uh, the Arsenal Independiente one, but it's ah, not right. being played. But um, yeah. I think that the one that I'm most looking forward to is River Argentinos. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to be. I'm yeah, going to be. This is not played for anything, though. So. Yeah, but it's mm-hmm. They've got good players. Now. Mm-hmm. If they can and find a way to make them play, then well, they've had a bit of a resurgence in form recently. They've, I think yeah. the, the record in the last five games is is one two drawn two. Uh, sorry, one three drawn two. Um, it's so kind of the same thing as we've been saying for what the last four or five short seasons. Yeah. Ever since we released the. Um, the figures of Mystic down that time for the whole season and it turned out he'd overrated them by about 30 points yes they didn't win until the 18th round they predicted wins every weekend <laughs> and stuff. So, yeah. it's just like yeah they, they flattered to deceive ever since Savela um, left they've just flattered to deceive mm-hmm. it's insane um, I'm quite looking forward to both Argentinos v River because I'll be there but also although I'm not going to be able to see it uh, because it kicks off an hour before Argentinos v River the, the classic old boy sensei that we have mentioned um, between all boys and Newells which is not a classical <laughs> in case you're a new listener this is a running joke that we have on Hand of Pod uh, because they have such similar names um, but that obviously those two games being played the second half of all boys versus Newells is going to be kicking off at roughly the same time as the first half of Argentinos River and uh, is Argentina Colombia playing before we record the next Hand of Pod? no yes. they're playing a week, a week tomorrow okay. a week on Friday um, Dan and I will be there but we'll talk about that and I'll be there too Yes, so of course. It's going to be the three of us. Um, so we will talk. Uh, if, if you're able to make it next week, something, then we'll be previewing. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll be previewing it whether you're here or not, to be honest. But uh, if you are able to make it, that'll be fantastic. Mm-hmm. So that's on next week's Thunderpod. And for now, we apologise if we've gone uh, slightly longer than we have uh, for the last little while. But we had a bit of a computer malfunction halfway through, which might have caused us to to lose track of time slightly in terms of how long we've recorded for. But it's uh, goodbye from English Dan. Goodbye. Goodbye from Santi. Bye, everyone. And goodbye from me. Goodbye.